podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Headlines seize our attention, especially when they're about a crime. But there's more to these stories than just their headlines. I'm Carrie Ipema. And I'm Quinlan Posner. Every week we'll bring you a real crime that made the headlines. One you may have heard of before, or one you may have never imagined possible. But we'll take you beyond what you see on the front page. We'll follow the story as it happens in real time and use hindsight to pull apart fact from fiction. From Lifetime comes a brand new weekly podcast, Crime of a Lifetime. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Peacock Streaming, the biggest live events from Super Bowl 56 to complete coverage of the Winter Olympics. It's all the unbelievable sports to love. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com. Welcome to another edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. I am welcoming back Ash to the show. Welcome back, Ash. Hello, mate. It's been it's been forever. It's been it's been a while. Um, how's your fever right now? Uh, pretty low, actually. I've been in quarantine for quite a while. Uh, in fact, so long that I do believe that Freddie Lundberg was the manager when we last spoke. Really? Wow. That's uh, <laughs> a time, 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 ha- time has flown. Um, the Mikel Arteta regime is underway. It's been a bit sputtery, um, but we're fresh off the back of an FA Cup win against the Portsmouth side that hadn't been beaten in 19 games. At home, other than in cup competitions and both the Premier League teams. Um, so I've, I, I actually quite look forward to that game yesterday. Very weirdly, it, I don't know why. Uh, maybe it's because my best friend's grandfather's great grandfather played for Portsmouth or something weird like that. But um, I just remember those games in the early 2000s when Thierry used to destroy them and they used to applaud him off the park and sing his name. So I think they really are a good bunch of fans, to be fair. Fratton Park's a, a, a yeah, proper stadium, right? It's a proper right? stadium. So to get those guys. It's not even a stadium, it's a ground. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. And to get those kids and some of our, our big talents go and play at a place like that. I think they'll be like, we need to get our shit together. It was we wanna... ferocious. The atmosphere yeah. was so loud, so oh, loud. Absolutely, they, they are a great bunch down there. I've, I've actually been down there to a game, a couple of games before, um, and um, uh, you know, their only blip in their history for me is they had the man with the twitch as their manager for far too long. Um, another reason they were probably bankrupted, but there we go. Uh, but um, no, I think they're a good bunch. I thought it was a good cup tie. I thought we performed. Really, and I don't think those kids can put. Uh, they're, they're not putting a foot much wrong at the moment, are they? No, they're not. And uh, what was that? Six six players, twenty or under. I mean, yeah. we, we would have been two under eighteen, four under twenty. Dreaming of that sort of uh, lineup a few years ago. Yeah, but the quality is just so remarkably different to what we've had. This is a, that age th- in the th- past. This is a, you know, like, remember when it was um, sort of like 2008, uh, like Arsene Wenger teams and they do well in the League Cup and it's like, I know that Carlos Vela 
is never going to play first team. You kind of feel there's a bit more belief with these kids that, yeah. that, that, that they might make it into Premier League superstars. 100%. Carlos Vela scored at the weekend, by the way. Sunk, uh, yeah, he's a record breaker in the MLS, that's MLS, for sure. yeah. Gave David Beckham's team their first loss, so there you go. Uh, but no, you're right. I mean, we had Theo Walcott. We had Carlos that we had Fran Marida that we hid in the mountains until, oh, he was, until he was of age I know and that's the Me Too movement of football <laughs> right <laughs> something like that yeah but um, and look a lot of credit has to go to Freddie these are his players and they have been for two seasons before now quite uh, but quite interesting that it's kind of like Freddie Yonker um, yeah. Like, because Yonka yeah. kind of pulled them through, but Yonka's got a bit of a bad. Uh, Lucas and absolutely destroyed him in the mirror the other week about the mess. Yeah. So it's like, how much? How much was Yonka? Um, were Yonka and Freddie responsible for that? Versus how much so, was luck of the draw? Uh, oh, I think there's. Look, you can't. Bit of a golden generation thing going on, right? I think there might be actually, um, and you don't want to get ahead of yourself in these things. But I think. Uh, uh, there's no way I think I think at least half of those are going to make it comfortably. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the other half, it remains to be seen. Now, I don't think Kieran Gibbs was a bad player. I don't think he was a bad left back for us. I just think situation, circumstances, timing is the reason he's a West Brom player, right? Uh, and he didn't quite move on in the way that players like... Bit of a wimp, they said, behind the scenes. Yeah. Would, he... would bottle games... Well, didn't help. His first major introduction was that falling over in the penalty area against Ronaldo and United in the Champions League, was it? Yeah. But um, I think these kids have got a bit more metal. I think they've also played a lot together for one another a lot more. They seem like a very together group, actually. Yeah. Which I think has actually happened more broadly since Arteta's come in. I think he's got that balance, right? Yeah. Um, so... No, I think that's. I think it's fantastic. I think what was interesting was the comments he made last night about Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who we would have thought, given what he's had to do for the last sort of best part of a year, while Hector has been uh, uh, out injured, and he's like, no, he needs to get his head down. He needs to work harder in training. He needs to do this to prove himself. And you have to say, like with Arteta, oh. the message is consistent. Like uh, he has, a, he has a set of principles and uh, and, and values. And if you don't play to his values, then you don't play. And I think that's fair. Yeah. And I think... Um, it's the discipline that we've been lacking. And Emery tried to instill it and then players would just tell him to fuck off and then he'd give up. Well, no look, consistency. You've, you've gone from no discipline a la Wenger as in sort of self-policing mode. Yeah. Right? I'm going to buy talent. You're talented. I trust you to do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, but actually, at some point, they needed a little bit more help and direction and whatever it was. And that's... Okay. The idea that he stayed on too long. You then jump from that into a highly analytical man who wants to do exactly as you said, put control and stamp authority, but can't communicate. And it was just obvious. I thought the the Dubai interviews from ten days ago, and especially when you got the French media and the Spanish media giving Emery's side of the story. I mean, Emery's talking bollocks, completely talking bollocks. Yeah. I mean, these players haven't got any reason to lie. They also, should, if they didn't want to answer the questions, probably wouldn't have answered the questions. But it's it's very clear they didn't know what they were supposed to be doing, yeah, or what the plan was. Um, so I think you've gone from almost one extreme to the other, and you've got a guy who is familiar with the football club. It's clearly very intelligent, right? Yeah, he's, and, and a, lot he's, he's a real pro in front of the cameras as and well. And a lot more intelligent than I actually probably gave him credit for when he captained our team. To be mm-hmm. fair, you know. Yep. Um, so I think. 
I think they can't help but respect him. I also think that having shared the dressing room with three or four of those individuals kind of really helps to make that connection into. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the only reason, <clears throat> the only reason that it made sense to bring Arteta into the club as a as a as a complete beginner is. He has a connection with the club. The same reason okay. that like Frank Lampard would not make sense for Manchester United, but he makes sense for Chelsea because 100%. you know knows 100%. the club and there's a forgiveness that goes with it. Uh, yeah, and I also think you, you get a little bit more like if if he had lost his first six games, which thank fuck he hasn't. I'm not going to touch some wood now to make sure that doesn't happen. But um, I think we'd be slightly more forgiving than if it had been someone else. To be totally fair, yeah, yeah, I agree. I think we're like, no, he needs time. He needs this. As it happens. Um, we can complain away about stuttering start. I think it's a very fair comment, but um, it's a man. Uh, firstly, we waited way too long to appoint him. Freddie was given no support at all. He was told, "Find your backroom staff and permit Saka." Well, what does that mean exactly? And then you know the guy's out out in limbo. Um, we sacked Emery way too late. So if you take eight weeks of that crap away and put Arteta in when we thought it should have happened around the international break, sort of late uh, late October, early November time. Um, it's Spurs fired Marine, uh, fired Pochettino before before the international yeah. break. Yeah. And then he had, uh, like, Mourinho yeah. was in the next yeah. day, two weeks. And we were debating, I remember, whether we should have let him go at the previous international break to that. Yeah. So we let this drag out for eight to ten weeks. So given the lack of time, he joins at the time which the club is at its busiest. It's playing in all three competitions it's in. Yeah. Or four competitions it was in, in fact. We're at, well, yeah, just about then. Plus the Christmas schedule. Right. Um, and it I, wasn't an easy Christmas schedule way, either, right? No, not at all. Brutal. So what did he do? Okay, we didn't win a lot of games, but we didn't lose a lot of games either, right? So, so credit where credit's due, and bit by bit, um, they're stepping up, and you're seeing consistency from these players now. Um, I think I think it's interesting that he's given everyone a clean slate, including players like <clears throat> Mustafi and Jaga, all of whom we've said can literally fuck off. off. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. uh, <clears throat> I'm still not I'm still not convinced on either of those two. By the way. Um, but I think he's, uh, I mean, the thing for me is just, I mean, he's not fixed Mesut completely, right? But he's a guy, he's playing like a world-class player now, which is what he is. Yeah. And, and he, he's had to, you know, everybody, every player in the world, as they grow older, their game changes. Mesut Ozil's, uh, role in football can't be the number 10 that he once was when he first came to 100%. Arsenal and now he's holding up possession he's not being wasteful he's threading balls first time passes but he's at the centre of everything yeah he's a, he's playing a bit more like Santi Cazorla did towards the end of his Arsenal time and he's playing, playing a little bit deeper you know not not that he's sort of back in central midfield with the where Xhaka, Torreira or where Sabias actually I think has been really interesting yeah sticking him next to Xhaka um so, uh, I, look, uh, I can't really complain. I thought yesterday was fantastic. I think the FA Cup is really important to us because we've got to secure at least Europa League football. That is guaranteed Europa League football by winning the FA Cup. Yep. You, you're definitely going to start getting the fans on board. It's an enormously winnable competition for us. It was also quite an exciting one now. So, yeah. um, uh, after tomorrow, uh, you could have Spurs, United, City, 
Chelsea and Arsenal in the last eight. That that or, there's going to be a good cup final this year, hopefully. Or those four couldn't be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wouldn't it be amazing? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes uh, things have to roll your way. But, hey, mate. All right, so let's. Um, we've got a new swanky format for for the show when we talk about the games. We uh, it's it's quite complex. We talk about the defense. We talk about the attack, and we talk about the overall performance. Um, I think I want to talk about the overall performance because then we could go into like the two different sections. But overall performance was you're watching the first half and uh, they came at us. And yep. you, you, yep. you, you get kind of like, I, I get immensely frustrated watching the game now because you can see that you're, it's very difficult to shake uh, five years of ill discipline out of the side. But it, Portsmouth really came at us and they, they got under our skin early doors. And it's like, are we ever going to be able to just deal with this aggressive press? Uh, they had a few high balls into the box. We didn't really get our foot in the game, but we had the better chances. And at the end of the game, they only had one shot on target. So we 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 found our footing in the end. Yeah, we did. And I think it. So uh, it's about control, isn't it? At the end of the day, and yeah. knowing how to play when you haven't got the ball and when you have got the ball. And there is no way that a League One team is going to be as fit as a Premier League team. I, we know that in terms yep. of quality and all of the things that they have around them, um, or you know, technically as good. Otherwise, they'd they'd be in the Premier League, right? I mean, that's yeah. the reality. So uh, they will have definitely known that the only way that they're going to make a real cut tie out of this is to come straight out the gate firing at us. And I felt we we dealt with it better than we have done with other teams before, but. Um, I think we knew that we would outlast them, which is, I think, what happened. I mean, it should have been four or five at the end. Yeah, yeah, and I it agree. It should have been. And I think it would have been completely unfair on Portsmouth if that had been the case, because I think they showed up and they put on a good good display. They, they intended, they came with the intent to play. Yeah. Which is all you can ask and for. The, uh, look, it's, it was it's kind of like the first, the first leg of Olympiacos. You go away, you, you absorb pressure, you don't concede and you nick a goal. In this game, it was important not to give the crowd a go- like concede in the first 20 minutes. Yeah. We didn't. We created some great chances. Um, then the second half, dominance. Yeah, completely right. right. I think we ended the game in, what, what 74% possession? Yeah, it was, it was ridiculous at the end. I think that... Again, yeah, this and this is kids. The, and the balance, when you look at the first half... So the 74% was the whole game. When you look at what the first half was and then what the second half were individually, I mean, it's wild. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we have to keep on reminding people that was mostly, that was, you know, that was yeah. over half the team oh, were kids. Totally. And, and And kids going into an environment like that, away from home, yeah. and everybody brings an extra 15, 20% to a cup And they game. weren't. And it was just saying at the end, even though, I mean, Portsmouth were pressing and we, we had no particular reason to go forward. So the ball's moving around a little bit more sideways and stuff like that. But, we were happy to go tiki-taka, one-touch pass, one-touch pass, one-touch pass. Make them run. Make them chase shadows. And I thought it was impressive. I thought that – I think there's nothing – that team yesterday I thought was fantastic. I thought – I thought um, I thought his goal was great, but I thought Socrates played really, really well. Hey, we'll talk about that when we get into the defence. Oh, so I thought we uh, we're, we're, we're following strict protocol nowadays. Um, to, like when we're talking on performance, uh, it is interesting that even Henry Winter – Commented on the uh, the the Mike uh, Mike Dean Mike Dean, uh, Mike Dean show, yeah. 
right? He's he, right. He, he, Mike he, Dean is a liability. He's how does like, how does the why does the Premier League allow this to carry on? He always makes the game about himself, and it's, it's beyond like our oh, Arsenal fans just feel. It is it, look no it, you, look book him Gwendozi uh, for putting the ball down in a sarcastic way. It's beyond parody. Hey, and you can't appeal yellow cards. No, which is ridiculous. But um, where it is and it isn't right. But the um, it was the Mike Dean show yesterday. He wanted to be on telly on a Monday night, and he wanted to be refereeing a game where Portsmouth beat Arsenal. Yeah, I look. Here's what I really think the issue is. I think you've got a guy in charge of the refs who's completely. Completely useless. I mean, he's he's fucked VAR. Yeah, he's not very. Uh, so he's 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 not, and he's not got control of the referees. There's also the situation where we haven't got enough coming through now. Um, you know, we've had a couple go overseas to the Middle East to take the paychecks. Um, so M- imagine that ten years ago, referees will be poached. Why not? <laughs> no, good for them though. Like they'll get more than the, what's the they get ninety thousand, which I think is uh, dangerously a, low considering the yeah. money that's in football, right? And for a relatively short career, and quite a lot of abuse for ten years before you get to the top. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Um, but but bad, bad performance um, from from the ref again. And then um, you know, just like what was your what was your take on like overall the performance? Like for me. Um, Olympiacos was a was a huge huge disappointment, and we bounced back quickly. So I, I, think, I was pleased with that. Yeah, I think that was important. I think it's so. Look, the fixtures were very very kind to us at the end of the day. Although it looks like we may now have to play Man City midweek next week. Obviously, they were in the uh, Carling Cup, whatever the hell it's called this week final, um, which meant our game got postponed on Sunday, which meant we could play the cup tie earlier. We got. a bit of um you know we've got a bit of respite we've got the extra day in from a recovery perspective he can give a few of the senior guys an entire sort of 10 days off if he wanted to or a week off as such um so i think that's that's worked in our favor i can't say that that hasn't uh but it was important to bounce back um i think it was important that he kept some of the core that played against olympiacos some of the senior players did travel and were on the bench i think that was useful yep uh, rather than just almost taking a totally different team. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I think um, Olympiacos, look, it was a, what could you say? It was a terrible performance. So it was a terrible performance, but it was a lot of bad luck. We scored the, two great goals. Is it like the, we, we the, right, the, the right. kick should have finished it. Yeah, um, it, but, oh, completely. I mean, at that point, you're thinking... For him, thinking, to, for him to miss from six yards at the end? Oh, I mean, his face said it all. Yeah. I, I really felt for him. I mean, I felt from, as a fan, yeah. I felt bad. Terrible. Football, is a, like, football is a cruel bitch. And for him to feel like that, that he'd let everyone down, I thought was actually quite telling in of It says something about his mindset and perhaps what he's thinking about um, doing in the summer, I think. Well, we'll see. If we make Champions League, he stays, I, I wonder... Otherwise, because I, I can't see Arsenal after releasing their financials this week supporting another 350 grand a week player. I think he'll do a one year extension to help people out. Yeah. I think there'll be something like that with a view that we might do a deal depending on how the start of next season goes in January. Right. Um, let's talk about the defense. So, um, Maitland Niles left on the bench again. Yep. Uh, Socrates. 
coming back, playing some unbelievable Hollywood balls, <laughs> right? I thought he had a great game. That crossfield ball that he played yeah. was exceptional. And the finish, my word. The finish was excellent. Actually, it's been uh, after, after I think the training the, classes. I think, were, I think the few weeks off has done him really, really well. Um, and, and look, he. I thought, his, again, his comments after the game were, if I'm not playing, then I'm not doing well enough. I'm like, good. Well, there's yeah. motivation. Well, these guys, actually, the way they're talking to the press, the media, the way they're interacting, the way they look on the field, the way they're talking to one another and the interactions, this team looks totally different to eight weeks ago. Well, it looks ago. like a team to start well, with, that's right? A good Not point. just a collection yeah. of uh, like, miserable sods. Yeah, but I mean, I was at the Newcastle game a couple of weeks ago, uh, and the atmosphere is great. Yes. People are, like, it feels like you want to be there. Mm-hmm. Like, I go back agree. to the Bournemouth game, which I think was the only, only Premier League game we'd won for so long, uh, which I was also at. And that was just, you know, it was still early in the season, I suppose, but it wasn't great. No. Um, none of us really wanted to be there, <laughs> including the manager and the players, to be fair. So, look, um, I thought I thought the defence played well. I think... Arteta said about so- Socrates, said he sometimes whinges about playing in the position... But you know he takes to it, shows a good attitude, yeah, good discipline. He does, and he's he's his passing is he's the passing uh, his passing of late has been good. Right? No, he has. I think he's learning from Luis. To be fair, and I've been. I don't think we should assign David Luis. Um, I think, especially for the amount it's going to end up costing us, and all that kind of other stuff. And well, look, that said, it, it turns he's turned into a bit of a leader, and I think he is absolutely sort of starting to marshal those players a bit better we're starting to look like a player that's been in world cups and won yeah, the champions 100%, league right 100 percent. and then um i i'm intrigued i'm slightly I, I don't know whether it's a deliberate thing to to ease holding back in or whether he's just not there yet or arteta wants a bit more time with him i don't know but uh look we're, we're doing all right as far yeah. as central defenders go, it, uh, I, I, I Pablo Mari, the handsome Pablo Mari, the handsome, he made his debut. What uh, do you think? I, like, it, I know it wasn't world class opposition, but that was a that's a tough game to start in. You get the full yeah. the full oh, force yeah. of English football. Oh yeah, but I think you know he wasn't exactly playing at the top. Of, he hasn't played at a lot of top clubs, which is really interesting. Twenty two games at the highest level in Brazil is enough. Yeah, but that's all. Nah, that's, I that, mean, that's, it's all he's it played is. at the top flight of football. But again, when you go to Brazil, there are you know you, you look at the bottom two thirds of that league. It, it's a bit like playing Portsmouth. It really is, right? Yeah. Um, sure, they technically may be better and stuff like that. So I think it may have been exactly what he needed—the kind of shock to the system. But I look, I think he, he came out of it well. I'd rather he made his debut, yes, you know, against Portsmouth than against Man City in the middle of the week because we're injured. Yeah. He's got a load of injuries or whatever it might be. But great, great long ball passing. Um, uh, he dribbles with the ball, which was interesting. Like a few breakout, yeah. few backup runs. He's far quicker than I thought he was going to be. He's, Actually, that's true. He's I, no per Mertesacker. No, right? that is true. That is true. He's definitely, he's a bit more, uh, a bit more colo. Yeah. And he, uh, like he's, yeah. Um, he's not, he's not rangy. He's quite a muscly guy. Yeah, no, no. Right? I think that's fair. Yeah. So, um, Look, we've got till the end of the season to decide about two of these guys that we've, we've brought in. Uh, I still don't think... I think if we're going into next season and you've still got people like Mustafi, Socrates and Luis as your primary triumvirate of centre-halves, 
um, there's something wrong. I think Saliba, who looks in amazing form in France. What a human specimen he oh is, right? God. I mean, my that, word. He's still not conceded a goal since he came back from injury or something weird like that. He's just a monster. Oh, I cannot wait for him. Yeah. We need someone to play alongside him. And I think I one of those three is fine, but we don't need three of those three. No. Is what I think. And it'd be, it'd be interesting to see who the manager does keep on in the summer. Like, Gut, Gut says the. He's pumping Mustafi's value yeah, and I think Mustafi that's will go. I feel like David Luiz is such a leader and he seems I, yeah, so think, tuned into yep, the project, yep. right? He obviously wants to be a coach. Yep. Very philosophical when you see him interviewed totally, now. Totally. Um, but like staying behind, talking to Reese Nelson last night. Yep. I, I, I love it. Like I do actually. And I think that's, that's the thing that's changed my opinion on him actually. I thought he was coming in for a bit of money and a bit of a pension. Um, and then... Players like that can often react really badly to managerial changes, you know, in coaching changes. Oh my God, he, imagine seeing someone two years older than you coming in as a manager. You can do, eviscerate him. Telling you what the fuck to do. Yeah. Right? So, uh, and by the way, a guy who's literally as a player not achieved what you've achieved. No, no. <laughs> right? I mean, not, that's not, fair, yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. I'm not on, the, so, not on the same level. So, uh, look, I think... Um, uh, I think I'm the thing that's changed my mind on Luis is the way he's reacted and the way he's he's stepped up as a senior professional. I think Aubameyang's done the same. I think Lacazette, former side, has done the same. You start to see these guys who are being paid the big bucks take the responsibility. It's very interesting. And he's one of them. It's very interesting listening to Robin Van Persie. Um, I, I actually really like Robin Van Persie as a pundit. He's very interesting because he's much more, he's, he's been around this generation of managers. Yes. And he said, uh, uh, he said that it's interesting listening to Arteta talk because he talks more like a captain than a manager. And he almost gives away too much in the way that he, he, he talks about players. And, I was like, that's a quite an interesting insight. And then Arteta said that he wasn't sure about Aubameyang when he when he turned up, and they were, the press were like, "What does that mean?" So, well, I, I, I wasn't sure whether he was incapable of doing the the physical side of it, or he just didn't want to. Now I find out that he can do it, and he and he does it. Like Aubameyang looked like he when we were talking about captains in October, when we yeah. probably still hadn't decided on the captain. We were like Aubameyang would be good because he'd be completely inoffensive as a captain, right? Yeah, you we can't just, argue. It's good, no, it's no, it's true. It's the reason we had Thierry Henry for years, but I don't think Thierry Henry was. I, I mean, the greatest player to have ever played for our club, but wasn't a good captain. Garbage captain. Yeah, um, yeah, and but Aubameyang. It has stepped up to the plate, and now he's a, he's a captain that leads by example, totally right, and totally. and through work rate. I think I think Van Persie's talking a bit of horseshit there. By the way, I think I think Arteta's been very deliberate, and I think he, he doesn't do it to every player. He only does it to players he knows that will react to that. Yeah. But he's a, in a positive way. Look, I, I know that, and Pep, by the way, Pep does it. Yeah, and I, I know that. I know that. Every, I know that everyone, um, you know, everyone thinks that I see through like rose tinted, uh, well, Arteta tinted glasses. But the way that he talks with the press is it's it's direct, it's to the point. Like it's almost it's almost um, it's like a charismatic robot. You know, <laughs> you like mean, it's yeah, very but, precise. But you like have precision to be. communication. If you want the press on side, that's how you have to treat them. Yeah, well, and the and the press the press stopped turning up for Emery. Well, because they stopped turning up to call. He couldn't it. speak to them. Yeah, and all he kept saying was the same old shit. And no matter what question you asked him, and they tried it with the interpreter, and it wasn't any better. 
He's, just, but Arteta difficult. is very, uh, very interesting, very passionate about the way that he talks about his players. And, you know, it, it's a lot of praise. Yeah. A lot of praise. Like, even after the Olympiacos game, he didn't, he didn't throw anyone under the bus. He was like, no. I was proud of the way that we performed. There were things that we did wrong, but we fought till the end. And you're like, but like, yeah. players want to get behind yeah, 100%. And when like you that, get into right? And look, when you get into extra time, it's anyone's game anyway, isn't it? So... Yeah, it is, and we should never have let it get to an no, extra time. No. Uh, okay, so the cover, covered off the defence. Well, I, I don't suppose we have really because like, it was a shame to see Torreira get crocked. Uh, yeah, get crocked early on. I, it's just not. Is he? I, it's unfair to say, but I, when I see that, I'm like, you're a very little man. He's a very small man in a very rough position. You know, like yeah, I just, but I wonder you, if he'll. I wonder if he'll go last. And, go and watch a bantamweight box. <laughs> I like middleweight boxing. And I, that's that's the kind of build he's got. To be fair, but without I, the kind of reach. And but we should be height. like you, you look at um, oh, who's the guy uh, uh, Munchen Gladback uh, Zakaria. Yeah, Zakaria Munchen Gladback. He can pass. He can tackle. He can run with the ball. He's like six foot. I think he's six foot. But he's he's a he's a specimen. He's an athlete that sits at the base of the midfield and. In the Premier League, I feel like those guys need to be an athlete. Like even Angola Conte, yeah, yeah, he is, oh, he is a, yeah, he is a, a, a very no, powerful I, guy. I, I think Torreira is still very young. I still think he has a lot of those attributes. I think the sh- the real shame about yesterday, um, uh, other than Mike Dean, uh, was that it was seeing him play in a midfield without Granit Xhaka next to him. Um. And having more of that control in front of the defense uh, with the more creative players around him, I think that would have been an interesting thing to have seen. Yeah. Do, do, you, do you think that Arteta is going to keep him on this summer? I, I think so. Do you think so? I, I think he's going to ship him out. I don't know. I don't think he's angling for a move. Well, it'd be, it'd be very interesting because if we're trying to well, look, build more athleticism into that midfield, which you desperately need, I just, I'm just not sure somebody that, that lacks that physicality is going to survive there's but. a very very clear sort of point here isn't there that we are going to have to sell some players no matter what right yeah 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 especially in midfield our midfield is not good it's it's not good it's overcrowded and we haven't got the money so we're going to have to raise some capital put it that way so as part of a recalibration which of those players are more on the uh, below the kind of 50% chance of staying I think he's on the borderline I think Granite's on the borderline I still think Danny Ceballos largely because he hasn't played enough and he's on loan so would you we don't you wouldn't have, spend 60 million on no, him no we you? haven't got the option to make him permanent on that no. so it would have to be an open market kind of deal I think we could probably do better um, and then uh, uh, you've got all these kids coming through well the kids the kids is the interesting part right like um, so, ES, ESR uh, Huddersfield is having a great time yeah see some of those super cuts of what he's up to I yeah I just wonder whether he'll pull in someone a bit more experienced for a couple of seasons at the back end of their career uh, they're very excited about him at Arsenal yeah and with a view to letting someone else like that then develop and come through yeah um so we'll see. What's I mean, their contract situations are pretty tidy, I think, aren't they? In terms, I of, think the only problem that we've got 
out of the kids is Saka. Yeah, but that that'll be sorted. Yeah, you'd hope so because uh, he he, he <laughs> like, is gonna, uh, like, he's a special talent. How much does he want? Like, I put money in the kids. Yeah, now. just pay. Oh, I mean, he's he's got God. to be looking at Hudson Odoi, thinking, give me some of that. Without a doubt, I don't think he wants to go anywhere. I don't think he's that naive or stupid. No. I hope not. Yeah, I hope he doesn't. Um, I hope he doesn't take a move elsewhere. Question is, where does he play? Do you think? Uh, <laughs> I, I, know, I know that you're, you're like I know that you're more of an international football fan than me. Do you I think that he's that going? Way. You do think he's going anywhere this summer? Do, do you think he's going? To I the... think he should. I mean, I'm not. I, I am from a perspective that I follow the tournaments, but I don't get out of bed for international football. Southgate but... would be remiss not to consider him. Mind you, we've we've been there before with kids. Remember Theo Walker? Yeah, but the, this the, guy's actually got talent. Yeah, yeah. This guy seems to have done a lot more than Theo at the same age, you know. So, um, why wouldn't you take him? But when Tierney's fit, where does he play? I think I think that you move him up. I agree. Like I don't I don't think that you. Uh, well, the problem with Tierney is like my view my worry is that he's like a going to be a Diaby like character like those shoulders popping like how do they solve for that but I, I'm, and I'm making that we had Theo had the same exactly the same problem yeah but Theo Walcott was very injury prone as well wasn't he yeah that was every other part of him as well I think um, from what Arteta's saying and what I'm hearing is that he really likes Tierney he's a, he's a workhorse and the good thing about this uh, that his latest injury is that he was able to run he just wasn't yeah. able to have physical contact yeah. so he's coming he's coming back at the same fitness level exactly. which is good news yeah yeah um, so look, I think the rest of the season there's some quite exciting stuff to come. Yes, like players I agree. Back in, uh, there we go. So let's talk about the attack um, and a little little time watch. What time? We got? We're good. We're good. We're good. We're carrying. Okay, so in uh, in attack, a uh, bit of a mixed bag. Um, Joe Willock playing in that sort of like Meza Erzl number ten position. I, I think it was a tough game for him. Yeah. Um, Am I right to worry about his size a bit? I think he's a, he's a one of the few powerful athletes we've got in the he team. Is, but I think he, I think I'd be more worried about his, uh, his his passing and his final ball because yeah, like, la, no, la, you're right. There's a he should be doing better against his error rate is slightly on the higher side than you would want it to be in comparison to some of the others. I think and, you're right, and there. especially against a, a lower division side, I expected yeah. a little bit well, more well, from that's him last why, night. That's why I thought. That's why I asked the question about his physical build. And that was because it did feel like he was being rushed and a bit bullied off the ball. He was ball being classed, wasn't he? He was, yeah. he was a bit. And I think um, experienced players know how to get out of that. Like, you know, it might be the jinx sideways for a few times for the guy to look stupid and miss the tackle. So the guy thinks not to do that again. You know what I mean? There's, yeah. I think there's maybe maturity to the game. I think asking, asking him to play that position, is, is which is his position, um, it's very tough at that age. But do you, do you think that do you think he's maybe more suited to more of a central midfield position, like a like with more Aaron Ramsey ish versus the role that we're trying to I think get from Meza Ozil? I think it's too early to tell. Do you not? I think he needs. I think he, you know, like he's one of those players where it's like, and I had similar views on Gwendozi last season. So, what do you think? What's the what's like? What's your thing? Is are you an elite passer? Are yeah. you are you threading yeah. balls? Um, are you a, are you a tackler? Are you a dribbler? And I feel like he's got a little bit of everything, but you know he, he's a jack of all skills. Yeah, which often in sport is the the big issue. Yeah. Um, the 
the worst player for that totally different sport was Austin Healy, who played rugby for England. Um, was actually a nine or a ten. Played on the wing internationally. Or, well, played everywhere. To be fair, and uh, I read his autobiography many, many years ago. I would not rush to the shops to go and get it. By the way, um, <laughs> not that it was a bad book. It's just not that interesting anymore or relevant. But um, in his autobiography, he was so fed up of being the versatile player that he wrote versatile in his book every time he used the word V asterisk 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 mm-hmm. asterisk because that's how much it had got into his head. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. Um, and I think you're right. You've got to Gilles be... Bramondi, the original 100% Swiss Army knife football player. Yeah, it happened to Flamini in his first stint at the club because he Nelson ended up having Vivas. to Yeah. Uh, some great names. Some great, some, <laughs> some absolute classic <laughs> names. Yeah, so uh, so mixed bag for Willock, but again, he's very young. Yes, so, you totally. Know, we, we can't, we, we get like, Arsenal fans get into this habit of he's shit, he's great, and like there's no, sometimes needs, a middle ground of wait for them time, to develop. And it's not a position where you can just slot in and find your rhythm and get into it. I think that's actually where Saka's lucked out a bit in having to play in defence rather than in his primary position because in his primary position he's going to be compared to a, a Lacazette and a Bama Yang, a Pepe or whoever else you've got playing in those sort of fast sort of positions. We played all of those on the wing before this season uh, versus he's been compared to no one now. Well, right? I think there was some, there was a data point that we spoke about in the last pod where Ars- like we think Ar- Arsenal had established that um, Saka could be a top three defender, uh, like like wing back in the world, but it wouldn't. He, he probably wouldn't break the top thirty as a left winger. I, that makes a huge amount of sense because right. that's what so Arsenal ended with Cashley, didn't he? He did, yeah. Yeah, he moved yeah. him back, and uh, whatever's happened has happened. Ashley Cole was the best left back in the world for consistently for six to eight years. Yeah, I mean there was no one else that was that good. No, and I actually do think. If I think it's an issue for us, the Tierney thing, and pushing him up. Yeah. Um, well, and also because next season you imagine with Lacazette gone, maybe a Obama Yen goes yeah. through the middle, and then it's Gabriel. Yep. Uh, who, who, like, and let's let's be honest, Gabriel did not have a good game last night. No, he. Do you know he looked like he was chasing the game yeah. all night, um, and he didn't look like he had a level head on him. No. Which is unfair to criticise someone that age who's done. So, so many well. exciting things. And, and he looks yeah. such an exciting player. Um, but he, yeah, and I think maybe the occasion got to him, maybe the opposition fans, maybe it was the ground. I don't know. But um, yeah, he was a little bit of a, a bit, bit caught in the headlights, I think is probably the right way of describing it. He doesn't have a middle ground to his game. He's either awful or he's spectacular. Like there's no, yeah, because he's, he's, he's yeah. um, you remember like Robin Van Persie, he, you'd never see a placed shot. He, he only had one power mode for his strikes and that was 190%. Yeah. So it's like, if he's off form, it's but not very know, good. And I think that's what, yeah, I think that's how Gabriel plays. It's 150%. Is, but he's not playing every week, which is also hard. Yeah. Right? So you get a, he got a good run of games about three games. Actually, I thought he played well probably could have got a few more goals than he did um but you know i thought positionally he's been fantastic in some of those games um i think he struggled perhaps with not knowing the players that are playing around him yes yeah, well. um I, I think that he's the, the early part of his career this season 
He had the Midas touch. Of course right? he did. He, put, put anything. It happens to everyone. Just put a ball within two yards of him. Now things aren't going for him. Now it's now it's the test of character. 100%. Or um, like a lot, of, a lot of strikers that come to the UK have a, a brilliant first season. And then the second season, you're sussed. So you've got to bring different elements to your game. So I think that we've got to see how he deals with this rough hopefully. patch and hopefully he deals brilliantly with it and it's not um it's not a problem. I agree. And by the way, you know, sticking I know he's talking to the midfield when we get to the or we're talking to about the attack, but um all right, we've also got a problem with our forward line, as in we may have too many good ones. Well, like this let's uh, let's tear up now. Eddie Nketia, is he proving that he should be starting above Lacazette at the moment? Yeah, hundred percent. Lacazette looks like he knows it as well, right? Lacazette's done nothing wrong, but it happens to players, right? Yeah. It really does happen to players. And um, I was talking to someone else about this in the pub the other night, and uh, well, it was about three or four weeks ago. And um, for cricket fans, uh, Joss Butler, the England uh, sort of wicketkeeper and vice captain, is having a nightmare t- over time in Test cricket, having returned absolutely smashed out of the quite literally and cannot buy a run for love nor money and he is an obsessive so his way of dealing with it is going into the nets and training even harder and I think that's what Lacazette's like and actually someone needs to sit him down and say seriously mate just fuck off for the weekend don't come in for three days don't look at football don't watch football do not kick a ball Go away and read to do something else, and then let's just start again. And I, I don't know whether it, that would help. I mean, I'm not. I will, obviously a, a qualified street shrink, having watched every episode yeah. of Frasier. But, um, but I think he'd, I think he's Arteta's done that with him, and I just think that I think the, the struggle with Lacazette has always been that he lacks physicality and he gets mobbed by big defenders. I mean, Olympiakos, two hulking yeah. centre backs, and, and he just gets absorbed, and, and then he gets frustrated. And it can't be easy playing alongside the goal machine that is about him. No, and must be a bit worrying. Like he's got a. Bielsa trained Enketia coming through and that finish last night was not an easy finish that was outstanding I thought actually I thought there were a lot of things that were good last night the way he took that goal was I mean it was two inches to the wrong and you've lost your knackers on the post yeah oh my god yeah (laughs) three inches wrong you're probably being sent off because you've you've cropped the keeper in the head yeah like but it, it was committed but it was very focused he knew exactly what he was doing yeah and when you see that you see that shot from the camera in the goal like bloody hell I mean he's, fine margin he's, like, he's to com- be fair I think it was going to go in anyway uh, and he followed <laughs> it up which was smart his, right? uh, his conversion rate is pretty special this year why because, didn't he get in that lead side he's got eight, like 8 goals off 15 shots or something 16. crazy 16 yeah. something crazy why um why why wasn't he in that lead side uh, Bielsa's odd isn't it? he's got so it does some odd things yeah there we go look our benefit our benefit yeah um so before you before you go uh i think there's a, a an important thing to talk about liverpool oh yeah they will uh well look uh it goes without saying and i think a lot of us rightly so um have been texting each other uh very very happy um but this Liverpool team is 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 fucking phenomenal, 
and they're outstanding. And to to win the league, which they're clearly going to do the way they are going to win it, is going to be hard to replicate. But fuck you, we won 49 in a row. We did, yeah, and uh, like just so funny. Like we didn't, sorry, we didn't win forty nine in a row. Yeah, forty nine undefeated. Forty nine undefeated. <laughs> but the it's it's so amusing. Just the joyless people say like complaining about Arsenal fans celebrating, maintaining that record. That record is the greatest thing that Wenger did in his entire it's, career. It's the greatest it's, thing. It's, that's it's historic. It's our record, it's, and it's brilliant to see. It's, it's, it's literally the greatest thing that's happened in the Premier League. They they made a special yeah. trophy for us. What, what, like the, but couldn't couldn't make it into March. It couldn't make it into March. I was surprised it was Watford. Firstly, Watford played really bloody well. Deserved the, they deserved deserved the win, the win by more, they right? They deserved the yeah. win. I have no idea. I mean, the idea that Nigel Pearson has come in there, I've got a lot of Watford mates... Obviously, they're trained next door to the Arsenal as well. So I'm that part of North London where you're kind of, you know, you know a lot of them. So I'm very happy for the Glory Hornet boys. Um, and fair play, Nigel Pearson. Yeah, because he's, he's going to tee them up. But then Ranieri's going to come in, take over, and Watford are going to win the league. Um, and then the very last thing, uh, path to top four has opened up again. If we beat West Ham, uh, if we win our game in hand, which is against City, so it's unlikely. Um, well, we are only th- we are two points off of uh, fifth. Five off of fourth, something like that. So we would look. We, I think we should chunk this up. I think United are there for the taking. I think Spurs are in. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But we've got to play those. Yes, we've got to play Spurs. We've played United, obviously. Uh, that was a good win. Um, I think it could be top four. It could be top five. It could be that. If anyone in the current top four wins the cup, that the European places do come quite far down. Um, certainly, cities. So, who did yeah, Villa are in the Europa League now, aren't they? Because City will definitely be in the Champions League. They yeah. won the Carabao Cup at the weekend. So, Villa are in Europe might be in the division below. Nice forty million. Is that, is that the case? Is it the losers that get it? Or I think so. is it added into the league, into the league now? I think uh, maybe it's changed. Guess complicated. So look, I think um look, we shouldn't take it for granted. I think um it's pretty simple. We've got a job. How many games left? Eleven? Yeah. Thirty three points. Yeah. We'll be in the Champions League. Yeah. Just a shame that <laughs> just just uh, it would have been easier if our next game was West Ham, not Manchester City. It is, isn't it? Is that what? So that I, I thought. We're, is it still what? Well, and then, well, and then, yeah, City on the Wednesday. On the Wednesday, yeah, potentially. Well, I don't know if that was confirmed, but I saw something earlier. Yeah, I saw that they were. I saw that they they, they were talking pro- about pro- it, proposed yeah. that as an idea. I prefer it in a few weeks, to be honest. Couldn't agree more. But we'll see. We'll see. Like you what? West Ham are in trouble, so we've got to make sure we get. Yeah, kind of three. So I mean, I don't David know, Moyes yeah. disrupting our flow. Hundred percent. Um. Look, it's achievable. It's not going to be easy. No. And it's going to be an ugly scrap. It is. But at least at least it's a scrap and at least it's interesting. And there's a little bit of hope that we could possibly pull something off. I would give us a 30% chance at the moment. Yeah, I agree. Um, but stranger things have happened. They have. All right. Well, that nicely wraps the show. Thank you for joining. Good to see you again, bud. And if you're uh, if if you're listening on your iTunes, give us a nice five star rating because that's what we deserve. And I will be back on next week. Uh, enjoy your night. Ciao for now.
Peacock streaming the biggest sporting events, exclusive originals, and the latest movies. This February, we've got Super Bowl 56, the 2022 Winter Olympics, and the Peacock Original Bel Air. Plus the new movie, Marry Me, in theaters and streaming Valentine's Day. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Headlines seize our attention, especially when they're about a crime. But there's more to these stories than just their headlines. I'm Carrie Ipema. And I'm Quinlan Posner. Every week we'll bring you a real crime that made the headlines. One you may have heard of before, or one you may have never imagined possible. But we'll take you beyond what you see on the front page. We'll follow the story as it happens in real time and use hindsight to pull apart fact from fiction. From Lifetime comes a brand new weekly podcast, Crime of a Lifetime. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.